0: Hello everybody and welcome back to this episode of the sports department podcast. I am Jesse Norman joining me is Stephen Bologna and Stephen Clark and we have uh, some NBA to break down here haven't really had an NBA episode in a while uh, from the break so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, How are you guys doing uh, today.
1: Doing good, Jesse. Doing good. Um, Like I said in the last episode of the football one, it feels good to be back. Um, I I, I know that break was well needed for a lot of us to just regroup and refresh because we did do a lot of stuff with this podcast over the last five, six months or so. But I'm happy to be back again to talk basketball this time. It's been a while, like you said.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited. New York Knicks off to a very good start. I know it's not going to last a while, but, uh, you know, it's nice to have some team success after just like seven years in the basement. So, yeah, I'm just excited to talk some NBA. It's
1: it's not looking bad for you. Football team made the playoffs. Knicks are doing all right. Look looking pretty good over there.
2: Both both are going to be out of the out of a season in two weeks anyway.
1: Jeez, <laughs> Jeez very confident I mean, uh, for you.
2: Well,
0: well, Steve brought it up first. Um, we uh, we are located in the uh, New York metropolitan area, yeah. so we got some Nets and Knicks to talk about. You both do. have had certainly interesting starts. Uh, of the season, uh, and with that,
2: Steve, I'll I'll let you bring up uh bring up the New York Knicks. Listen, I it, you know it would be so nice to have two good t- t- uh, teams in New York, but the, the Nets are just screwing us out of it. We have the same <laughs> record. <laughs> no, Knicks are five and three. Nets are four and four. Oh, Knicks
0: and five or three. That's right, oh, That's right.
2: And no, all serious No, Listen, I, I like the the way the Knicks are playing. I think RJ Barrett is really showing why he was drafted number three overall. Dynamic scoring ability, uh, really good uh, rebounding as well. Julius Randle, I think he's playing way too good for, for really what he's known for. Well I think above. Exactly. He, <laughs> yeah. He's going to be cooling down pretty soon. Uh, I, I think Tibbs has kind of set a new culture here, which I like. The team's going very hard. I love the Austin Rivers pickup. He's played really well. 14 straight points last night. Uh, and, and hit the dagger against Utah. I mean, listen, they beat an Indiana team. They blew out a Milwaukee team, and Utah is a fantastic team as well. Uh, my issue is R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle. I think those two are the top two minutes per game players in the NBA, which kind of scares me. Tibbs is known for just, like, driving his players into the ground with nonstop play. Um, but, listen, they're 5-3, and three, and the, the, the pieces are there.
1: Yeah, uh, I yeah, want no, to um, bring the up the um, Oh, yep. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jesse. Go <laughs> no, ahead. no, no, no. No,
2: no, 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 no. I insist. I
1: just wanted to bring up the the like the teams that they're playing too. A lot of them are like pretty solid teams. Like it's not like a little cakewalk for the Knicks that's going on right now. Like the teams that they're playing are for the most part, I know um the Pacers they didn't get the win against, but like the teams that they're going against, um, they played them twice already, the Pacers. Wow. Um, but you know, Pacers have been they're, they're really doing a lot
0: of, um, games really closer together now. Yeah. Um, when, uh, like the, I know the nets and the Hawks played and they played basically back-to-back games against each other, yeah. uh, to get rid of that travel with the pandemic going on, they're mm-hmm. trying to knock out these series quicker. So I think we're going to see a lot of that throughout the year. Um, yeah. like the Knicks yeah. and Pacers, like you said, already played twice.
1: Yeah, and d- these are, like, really good teams they're playing against. It's not, like, the bottom of the league teams that, like, we would be accustomed to see the Knicks get a couple of wins from them. So I'm, I'm happy for the Knicks because I've never had anything, never, like, had anything against the Knicks. They're just there, and they had that good run back in, like, the early 2010s, and now yeah. they kind of sailed since then, and now it looks like maybe a little little bit back on the rise for them. So good for them.
2: Yeah, I, I love
0: the, the – Yeah, the- um, no, the Knicks, the Knicks have been impressive. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, I think it comes from Tibbs playing his best players a lot of minutes. Um, we'll see how that goes long-term because I know there was some thoughts of, is Tibbs going to run R.J. Barrett into the ground? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if R.J. Barrett is number one in minutes uh, at the end of the season, uh, yeah. barring you know any injury or anything. But you, you look at the Knicks' schedule, um, and they've lost to – The 76ers, who are the number one seed in in the East right now, they've lost to the Pacers, who have been a great team. And then kind of the outlier is the Raptors, who have been off to an abysmal start. They're the only win uh, that the Raptors have had is against the Knicks. Um, uh, The the big thing, I think, going down uh, along the season with the Knicks is they've already played a couple close games with the Hawks and the Pacers, um, the Cavaliers game was close and they pulled away kind of late. Um, are they going to be consistently able to win these close games? Because all three of those that I've mentioned, they won. Um, when it comes down to those clutch time minutes, uh, that's where I think a lot of their season is going to make a break because they're going to be competitive. And with Thibodeau, they're going to be a team that plays hard every night. So if those scrappy wins can continue to pile up, there's no reason that they couldn't slip in, uh, you know, as maybe a possible eight seed.
1: I agree. I I give them from like the range of like six to eight right now. Like it's very, very early in the season to be talking playoffs and all that stuff. But I definitely at this point within the last, like within the first six games or seven games that they've played or whatever, I really, really like what they're doing. I think they can squeeze in like you said, Jesse, right, right, right. right in. I think they
2: can. I I don't, I don't, I don't want to get my hopes up. You know, this is, (laughs) basically the same team player wise as last year, you, you know, you add Alec Burks, you know, 20 point per game score, not horrible. Um, So I I don't want to say like, you know, playoffs. Okay. Right now, possibility, but I think the Knicks are going to come down to earth. Eventually. Um, You know, I'm going to ride this, this kind of this, this good streak while it's hot. I do really, really like um, Emmanuel quickly. Uh, 25th overall pick uh, from this mm. year for them. He's providing really good minutes off the bench and pretty dynamic score. Uh, Obi Toppin's only played one game so far this year. Uh, he, he's down with a hamstring injury. Um, but I, I'm happy to see RJ Barrett really showing why he was the number three pick in the draft. Uh, I believe he had 27, like seven and five last night, just all over the place. And you love to see that from a young kid as well.
0: Yeah, Uh, switching to the other New York team in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Nets have got off to an interesting start. They blew out the Warriors in their first game, blew out the Celtics in the second game, uh, lost a heartbreaker to Charlotte. Um, They've had their ups, they've had their downs. My absolute biggest takeaway as seeing pretty much every Nets game, they cannot get a defensive rebound to save their life. The second-chance points and the wide margin in field goals attempted is not that of a championship-level team. Um, they let the Washington Wizards get 23 more field goal attempts than them. And that was a close game. And they barely that came won. down to the buzzer. Like, what? the offense in Brooklyn is – Fantastic. It's special. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are on the floor, or even just one of them is on the floor, it is a force to be reckoned with. When they go to the bench, they have a little bit of a problem with the offense, but the offense, there is no issue there. It is the defense and the rebounding that has been absolutely abysmal for Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, um, I backed that Washington game quickly. That shouldn't have even been won by them. They missed those two last little buzzer-beater shots, so I wouldn't worry about that one. They've lost like little flukes here and there, but those are the games that you do have to win in order to be high seed in the playoffs. You have to win those type of games. And um, I know you wanted to talk about the defense more, but I'll talk about the offense. It feels like the Nets is just Kyrie and KD. I feel like they do need to like spread the wealth a little bit, just to like you know. You can't always, I know it's great to have two top superstars and it's always great to align on your superstars, but spreading the wealth just a little bit. There's a lot of talented guys on this Nets roster that aren't like the big money main markets. Like you have the Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, all those guys, Joe Harris, a bunch of good guys. And they just spread the wealth. And if they start spreading the wealth, then they're not going to keep going towards KD and Kyrie, which will leave them open sometimes. And then I think you accumulate more wins over time, but I, I like what they're doing so far. It's still very early, but I do like what they're doing.
2: Listen, this is a Nets team that blew out uh, a Boston Celtics team uh, by 20-plus by points. They, they put up 145 a couple nights ago, uh, which is unheard of. 145 points is incredible. One thing that uh, kind of scares me with this Nets team is – this Maybe maybe just my opinion – the inexperience of Steve Nash coaching – Um, I I think is uh, maybe hurting them. You know, you look over at the sideline, it's always Katie and Kyrie talking to the team. It's really never Steve Nash. Um, Luckily do though, for the Nets, they have such an incredible assistant coaching staff that they should be okay. Um, But, you know, and that was a concern coming into the year. How well will Steve Nash really fit in? You know, remember Kyrie saying that they don't really have a head coach before the season started. Um, but, But again, with Katie and Kyrie, you know, you're going to make the playoffs, you know, you're going to have a deep run. Um, But with the Celtics and 76ers looking so well, it's going to be a long road.
0: Yeah, no, the Nets, the Nets still have a lot to put together. Um, You know, you want to say they've struggled early on, especially in certain parts. It's um, Karis LeVert has not played up to the level that, you know, he really should. No. The DeAndre Jordan thing is starting to really start to divide uh, because, I'm sorry, Jared Allen is so much better now. Oh, yeah, Like you can't, you can't make the argument. Um, Jared Allen locked up Rudy Gobert uh, in the Utah game without Kevin Durant because he's doing the seven-day um, quarantine that he has to. The Nets absolutely obliterated the Jazz, um, and that started a lot with Jared Allen's ability to limit Gobert and put up 19 and 18. You can't have DeAndre Jordan Starting over him, or even if you do, that's fine. But Jared Allen at the end of the game needs to have more minutes. He needs to close the game out if they're not going small ball with Jeff Green. Um, he has been the significant better player. And as of this year, in the minutes that he's gotten, he's been a top 10 center in the NBA. He's been very impressive. Um, and Karis needs to step up. And I think when LaVert finally does find his shot and find where he fits, into this whole role because he's now been asked to go from the number one option on the team in the bubble to coming off the bench as running the offense when Kyrie and Katie aren't out there so his role has switched a lot too he needs to figure that out but the flashes that I have seen from Brooklyn are astonishing like when they are clicking on offense it is absolutely insane Um, and the last point I want to make on Brooklyn Timothy Lowau Cabarro has been fantastic huh. for them. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Like he doesn't miss three point shots almost ever if he's open. Um, he's been fantastic on defense. If he can limit the fouls, he is a legit like starter for this team when they need defense and when they uh, when they're struggling to move the ball. Um, he is just so good at that. And I think that was a great find by the Nets uh, over this past year. But um, moving to a team that has struggled really bad, uh, their only win being against the New York Knicks, which we mentioned earlier, the Toronto Raptors wow. sitting at a record of one and six. What are what's, what's the takeaway? Is this just, you know, an early season slide? Are they just not that good like what 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 are you guys thinking i i don't think they're good i really don't because i
1: would expect a team to have this early pot, like pre-season slump if they went late into the playoffs in the bubble the Raptors didn't go that far they went decently far but they didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals or anything like that they lost to the Celtics granted that was a grueling series and all that stuff maybe they're still feeling the effects from that I really don't know but I I just don't think they have it this year I don't know I think the ship has sailed there and good thing Giannis didn't go there because he probably would have been stuck there too i don't know if you would have probably made what they might have more than one win if Giannis is there but oh man it's it's not not fun to be raptors in
2: i think this is uh a little bit of a case of the the early season blues i mean pascal siakam was benched for how poorly he was playing but if you look at it they've lost a lot of close games they lost by four to the pelicans six uh seven to the 76ers five to the spurs uh eight to the suns so I, and this is the pretty much same roster uh, as last year. Um, but again, they're just losing these close games. And if you're in the NBA and you want to make it far, you have to win the close games, especially against, you know, teams that are going to probably be better than you, like the 76ers and the Celtics. Um, I, I do expect the Raptors to turn it around. Uh, Fred Van Vliet only having 20 points a game. He got paid huge money this off season. You want to see better production out of that. And, but Pascal Siakam, for me at least, has... Has got to step it up. And I'm expecting Kyle Lowry too. He's the veteran on this team. He's got to round his guys and, and get him into shape. Like, let's go.
0: I mean, um, the thing for me is Toronto over the past, you know, couple of years has really been built on their defense and their passing ability and their unselfishness with the uh, with the basketball. They're allowing 112 points a game, which is 19th in the NBA. That's almost a bottom 10. Um, and then assist per game. They're 24th. They're a bottom six, uh, passing team in the NBA. Jesus. Uh, I don't expect those to necessarily continue. I think they can very easily flip their fortunes around. The problem is they're playing in pro in what I would argue is definitively the hardest division in the East yeah. with Brooklyn, Philly, Boston and Definitely. New York. Definitely. Um, that's, that's tough. That's a, that's a tough division. Um, I think the defense has to get better but I don't know if the offense is going to get better. They're 23rd in offense right now. The only person I see realistically getting a lot better on offense this year would be Pascal Siakam. I think Fred VanVleet giving you, you know, those 20 points a game. I think that's kind of what he is. Yeah, um, they're definitely that's I think at best mean. they're a top 15 offense. At best they're like around 15. But defensive-wise, to win these games and to get back into it, they need that top five, top 10 defense. And they clearly don't have that right now.
1: And the, the East is just too stacked to yeah. be like very lackluster at this point now. Like the East is always known as like the weak conference compared to the West. But like KD coming over and um, the 76ers being how good they are in the Celtics. And I know the Heat are in a little slump right now, but the Heat are usually up there too. Um, it's a really tough conference, it's very tough. So they have to, have to get their stuff together. They really do.
0: Yeah, um, looking at the Eastern Conference, uh, you got Philly at the one seed, and then the two and three both sitting at six and two is Orlando and Indiana. Um, I'll, I'll let I'll let anybody uh, talk about Orlando all they want, but for me, uh, Indiana has looked so impressive. Um, Oladipo has looked like himself again. He's looking like that all star that he was before the ruptured patellar tendon. And then talk about somebody having the best season that nobody is talking about. DeMontis Sabonis Mm -hmm. has been an absolutely, I mean, MVP candidate level. He has been fantastic for Indiana. Um, And I don't think anybody is really talking about that. Um, Just the level of production he's been bringing when they need him to um, is just phenomenal right now.
1: Yeah, everyone's just doing their part on this team. I feel like it's like, I, I know we you talked about Oladipo to start, but like they're complementing him so well. I feel like this year, and it's like the team's just playing together as a whole very well. And that's, that's how you win games. Just like that, it's easy. It's easy once you get your stuff going together like that. They have the names on this team. They have the talent, and they're finally putting it together now. And I think T.J. Warren's been out too for a little bit. So once he comes back to man, yeah,
0: Warren is out.
1: So man, once he comes back to this is a scary
2: team. Very scary. Uh, I, I love, I love Indiana and, and what they do. Sabonis was paid handsomely and he's putting up the production to, to match that money. Oladipo. We've known for a lot of years now that he, he has the potential to be a superstar injuries have always just, uh, just kind of hurt him. Props to the head coach, Nate uh, Bjorkren, if I, if I'm saying that correctly, You know, this is a Pacers team that extended their coach and then fired him within the same week. Uh, So props to him for for coming in and taking over. But I want to talk about the magic. Uh, I I want to talk about a fluke I'm seeing down in Orlando. I will say this, though.
0: Orlando, for a
2: couple years, have kind of been a sneaky good team, making the playoffs and stuff. But now Markel Fultz is out for the season. Always
0: good defensively. Yeah. Yeah, Fultz out
2: hurts. Fultz is out for the season, and – you look at the teams they beat they did beat uh, the heat on opening night i'll give them that they beat the wizards twice they also beat uh the thunder once and the cavaliers twice so we're not talking about them beating the celtics or or you know the the top teams in the east here Uh, and they and they lost to the 76ers by like 24 yes so you got to give them credit for their six wins but i think they're going to come back down to earth a little bit uh the pieces are there though i love vucevic i think vucevic is severely underrated yeah, no. Yeah, no, uh, Orlando's
0: good um, at the things that they've kind of been good at for a while. And that's, they're really good on defense. They have the top uh, top seven defense in points allowed. They're really good at rebounds. They're top, like, I think seven or eight in that. Um, but similar to Toronto, their offense is what normally struggles. Um, so we're going to see how that offense is going to continue, especially with losing... A top two, top three offensive player in their rotation no. in Markel Fultz. I, I do think they are going to slip back down, um, but they're they're always going to be a tough team, especially when they have um, those long wings and they know how to defend. And then you have a guy like Terrence Ross there who can score at any time, and Vucevic down in the low post. But I, if you're telling me right now Orlando will finish as a top four seed, I'd say absolutely not. No, no way.
1: No, uh, I I don't. They might just squeeze into the playoffs too. They're in that realm down there. If I had to pick a team to like, that's in that range to like be over Orlando, I would pick like the Hornets or something. I feel like the Hornets have a young, fun team to watch, and I feel like they'd like beat them out for like an eight seed or something like that, or even the Knicks at this point.
0: But I don't know. I I am not buying into it yet. I'm really not. All right, we've mentioned we've mentioned them a bunch of times. Uh, Philadelphia. They're the one seed, only lost one game um, so far at the moment of recording. They have a game with the Nets tonight when we are recording this. But um, Philly has been impressive. And I said before the season started, um, Philly was highly undervalued. Um, A lot of people thought they were closer to middle of the pack than championship contender. And I said, if they make this work, if Doc Rivers can make this work, Um, They have a much better constructed roster than they ever have in the past because Daryl Morey came in and he's an actual GM who actually understands things, um, even though he's the president and not the GM, because they just let Elton Brand have that job, even though he doesn't do anything. Um, But Philly Philly has been good. They have really, really liked the addition of Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. That has been a great get for them. Um, Shake Milton has played well. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I mean, they're putting it together.
1: I think you said it best, Jesse. It was the off-season additions that really helped this team out. Like they were always there. They were always a top-four team in the East. But this is putting them into like the super team category. Um, good, good for them. I, I see them staying up here, like very, very close to the top, top three throughout the whole season. I don't see them falling off too much. They're just playing too good. And if they can continually do this stuff, they have a Really, really good chance to win the East, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, barring any major injuries, this team finishes as a top four seed no matter what, with yeah. uh, one not out of the question at all. I always said that. I always thought that Joel Embiid, when healthy, was a top two big man in this league. Uh, just such a amazing physical presence he brings, and, and his offensive ability is, is incredible. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey was a steal uh, at where they got him uh, in the, uh, second round, uh, end of the first, excuse me. Uh, but I, I yeah, just, they got him at like 20 or 20, something like that, but which is, which is a steal in my opinion, but doc rivers, I mean, the Clippers fired him and he found a new job, no problem. And <sighs> taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the one caveat I want to have about the 76ers is their schedule hasn't been that hard. So I don't want to look too heavy into that. Um, Tonight's a big, you know, they've played the wizards twice tonight. Tonight is a big test, but I don't want to go too heavy on that because they did just play last night against the wizards Mm -hmm. and had a a huge, huge game from Bradley Beal that they had to contain. But um, when you look at their schedule, they beat the wizards twice. Um, One of those being a very impressive win where Bradley Beal dropped. I don't like what, like 60 something. He was absolutely ridiculous, Uh, but they pulled that win out. Um, They beat the Hornets twice They beat the Raptors who have been bad. Um, They have beat the Knicks who have been good Um, and the magic who, you know, we'll see what they kind of are. Um, But that, that being said, I still think they put themselves in a very good position early on um, that. It would not surprise me at all. If at the end of the year, they were number one in the East. I think that's what a team like Philly should be built for. They're, young enough that all their players should be able to really play they don't need to load manage and they frankly haven't won anything they haven't won enough to warrant oh you know we'll sit out these games we don't need the one seed um I don't think that necessarily works for Philly because again they haven't really won anything in the playoffs with this core group so I think they should go for the one seed yeah yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right. Nothing else. So then we're going to we're going to we're going to take our uh take our experience out west with the uh with the Lakers and Clippers. They've been doing their thing, you know. They're winning their games, but sitting at the one seed is the Chris Paul led Phoenix Suns. Kendrick Perkins pick to make the Western Conference Finals. Oh baby. How do you guys feel about
2: the Suns? I you know, Coming into the season, I was kind of skeptical. I thought they were a little overhyped, but a a huge factor in this has been their play from their their three and four with Cam Johnson and McCall Bridges. McCall Bridges playing out of his mind, both uh, offensively and defensively. They've beaten some good competition too. I mean, beat the Nuggets, uh, the Jazz, Pelicans, Kings, Mavericks too on opening night. Chris Paul just showing again why he's one of the great leaders uh, of all time and Really, everywhere he goes has success. Um, uh, the loss to the Clippers, unfortunately, uh, a team that they're going to have to beat probably to get to the Western Conference Finals, most likely. Um, but give credit where credit's due, 6-2, and two, and they've played really well. Yeah. Uh, they're
0: doing it with defense, too, and that, I like that. That's I think when you're a team that needs to get back in the fold of things, Phoenix has been bad for as long as I can remember. Oh yeah. Um, I can't remember the last time Phoenix was good. I was thinking is like the Steve Nash uh, era, pretty much, which is a long time ago. Um, but they have the number one defense in the NBA. They allow the lowest points. Um, their offense, I think, is going to continuously get better too. Uh, that's the Jay. Um, so they are like a
1: dangerous team. That defense.
0: Jay Crow. Oh yeah.
1: That's that was a very <laughs> underrated signing for them. It is, it is. Um, but now I think people have to put more respect on Chris Paul's name. Put him in like the, something like he has to. Uh, uh, a little the risky saying this, but <laughs> one of the best top point guards, all time. Not the best.
0: Not oh, easily. This, this put is, more respect on his name. Look how he turned around Chris this team. Paul doing. I think Chris Paul doing this, what he's done with Phoenix and with Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. um, is more value like showing how much more valuable he is than if he were to go to the lakers and win a championship i I, I agree because i've already seen i've seen i've seen rondo go to the lakers and win a championship Hmm. um i've seen guys you know jump on but chris paul has gone to two organizations and you know oklahoma city everybody said they were bottoming Mm -hmm. out he kept them within contention and then phoenix who hasn't made the playoffs in you know, like seven, eight, maybe nine years, they're leading the West right now. It's early on. We're only a ninth way through the, through the season, but they look like a different team to, to be frank. I
1: mean, people were flaming that Oubre trade and all that stuff too. And, all that, but it it's seeming to be worth it. It really, it really is. And it, it's, I know Devin Booker's a phenomenal player. One of my favorite players to watch in the entire league, but it, it's, it's Chris Paul. It's the veteran leadership that this team really needed badly. And it's just all, everything's clicking for them too. And it, I'm, I'm very happy for this team in general, just because it's fun to watch them too. It's not just like that. They have like the stars and all that fun stuff. It's they're really good, both sides of the ball, really good basketball team.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I expect, honestly, I think more can be done uh, with DeAndre Ayton going forward. Um, he's only That's playing him. about 30 minutes a game. Um, if you if you pump those up to, you know, 35, 36 minutes, um, he's legitimately going to be a 20 and 10 guy every single night. Um, he, do, he usually gets the 20 and 10 uh, if they ask him to. They're really smart at what they're – doing in Phoenix when they played Utah and they beat Utah they did it from the perimeter they asked DeAndre to shoot like like eight times total he only had like four points nine rebounds it didn't matter because he was there for the defense on Gobert on the interior and then they play Toronto another good team on the inside and he only puts up 11 points and only takes you know around five or six shots but then they go to a team in uh, LA with the Clippers who are softer inside and DeAndre and drops 24. Um, they did lose that game, but I think their game planning and what they're doing going forward shows the signs of a good, well-coached team and a team that I think has Chris Ball's fingerprints all over it.
2: I agree. Yep,
0: I agree too. All right. So we got, we got about, Nine minutes left here on this zoom call. I just want to know anybody's season. We should just call it, just blow up the pieces, move some things around. I got one. Okay. I'm sorry. Washington. Stop. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's clear. It's not, it's clear. It's not working. Even if, even if somehow they now get into the playoffs, like, They got twenty three more shot attempts than Brooklyn and beat them by like two. They got, they got absolutely like the best one of the best offensive performances in the NBA over the past ten years by Bradley Beal, and they lost the damn game.
1: Um, Yeah, Russell has been the biggest blessing and biggest curse to that team (laughs) that has probably ever happened. that's what you expect to get russell wilson on your team And russell wilson russell westbrook hold on, they, they wish podcast. they had russell wilson I, I, I bet he'd probably pass the ball um but anyways um no uh i agree with that the Wizards are just it, it, we thought it was gonna be a fun year for them at least making the playoff spot i doubt it i doubt they make the playoffs
2: i think uh the timberwolves are a little embarrassing to start the season i mean they're two and five Oh, yeah. This is a team with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, uh, and they're just just not getting it done. I mean, D. Russ is is obviously uh, very good uh, at 19.1 points per game. They've lost to uh, the Nuggets twice, the Wizards, the Clippers, and the Lakers. So I will give them a little bit of slack there because they have lost to some stiff stiff competition, uh, but they're not even keeping it close, and uh, there was so much hype yeah. around them coming into the season, and it just hasn't hasn't been there. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, going off with the Timberwolves, the worst point differential in the league, uh, an average point differential of minus twelve point four. They've lost five straight. They don't play defense at all. They opponents are averaging one twenty against them. That's like crazy. that's, that's, crazy. that's the highest, that's the highest in the NBA. It's crazy. Um, it's, it's really bad. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, also um, the Detroit Pistons. Killian Hayes, I, I
2: think. It's, for the it's year not now.
0: a, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that was their one big thing coming into the year. Uh, Jeremy Grant has looked good, yeah. but it's not really going to do much for them. Uh, if they have any pieces to trade, trade them. Uh Blake Griffin's yeah. still there, isn't he?
2: Yeah, somehow. I don't think, I think he's so. I don't even
0: know if he's playing really that much. But I don't yeah, th- I mean I don't think try so. to try to trade him. Um a team that potentially season yeah, could be yeah. over before it even got started, uh sadly, is Memphis. I was yeah. With John Morant's injury. Um yeah, he could be dumb. out three to four weeks. Um if they lose every game like I kind of expect them to with him out, they could be Way behind the eight ball and might not be able to make it back.
2: Uh, I I, uh, I agree. Um, I think what. Oh, ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Clark. Mets fan, go first. You guys got Mets door. fan. They, I no, Mets I wanted fan. to bring up
1: a different team. So if you're still talking about this team.
2: No, no, no. Def- I was, was going to bring up the Bulls.
1: I just – I was going to bring up the Bulls. I think they're kind of done too. I think it's just Zach Levine. Zach Levine put up like 30, 49 points one game. That's all they have though. They're, the people that they've beaten aren't that impressive either. It's just – it's the Blazers and it's like the Wizards basically. And then – then they like they lost to like a by a lot to the Pacers and the Warriors beat them by a point. But anyways, um, I just don't. I'm not a believer in the Bulls. I just don't think they have what it takes this year. Um, Levine is playing great, but as
0: a whole, it's just I, I don't feel it. I'm not feeling it.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I, I want to bring. I don't up a... think they have the defense to get it done. Period. Like yeah. I just Chicago doesn't have the defense and Levine. I mean, I like Levine as a scorer, but on the nights that he gives you 40, most likely he's given up like 25.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it's he's tough. He's, just, he's showy. He's very showy. It's just he makes the numbers look nice and then doesn't do the rest.
2: I wanted to talk about a stat that I saw. It was something like along these lines of there have been the most 20 point plus wins at this point in the season than there ever has been before. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just been that teams just aren't really, like, prepared well for games or whatever. I know it's a COVID season, and and there's much bigger issues on the table. But I just thought that was a really interesting stat. Because wow. there's been a lot of blood. I think,
0: I think more so than ever, uh, especially right now, was, like, uh, a team that is down at half, I feel like if they're down, like, 10, 15, they're kind of shipping it in. Like, Utah against Brooklyn the other night, down, you know, uh, I think 15 at half. They end up losing by, like, 30. Um, we've seen teams, you know, go into half with a, a pretty big deficit and the just kind of, down you know, let it half. go. Yeah, they were.
2: Yeah. Against Dallas. Yeah.
0: Um, I think it's I think it's a thing of teams being so early in the season that they're still not necessarily taking it seriously, which is – Kind of a worry because this is a seventy-two game season. It is ten games shorter. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of the basis of it. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah. I agree. I All right, well, that's gonna wrap up this edition, the Sports Department Podcast. Clark, let him know. Oh, baby, that's right. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you guys, of course,
1: for uh, listening to this episode of thus I almost said it, the Sports Department Podcast, like you said, Jesse. Um. We do appreciate you guys listening to us three do so to Justin and Joe, who aren't on this podcast with us at this moment, but I'll um, make sure you guys never miss an episode. So subscribe on YouTube, Apple podcast, and Spotify. Uh, follow us on our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at sports Dept pod. I think we changed it too. sports d-e-p-t pod so follow us on that um i think justin changed it on like twitter so i'm like oh okay i guess i had to change everything else to that now so um that's what happened with that um so i changed it to that um uh so like i said facebook twitter instagram tiktok that's the username not saying that again uh we have um a football playoff predictions episode coming out Wild, super wild card weekend uh we're probably gonna break that down eventually most likely uh, a wrestling recap is coming this week since we've been away from that for a while so those three for sure and possibly a baseball one coming really soon because of the whole Mets news breaking out um, so we
2: just did exciting. a hockey one too
1: oh yeah a hockey one too that's recorded
2: Yay. yeah it's done
1: alright gotta wait for Justin to do that Hurry up, Norman's
2: Justin. favorite hockey <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all love it no we don't uh, Steve likes it though but a uh, hockey that's coming really soon too so stay tuned to all that fun stuff and we'll see you in the next episode we we'll